The abstract cerebral nature of positioning as a concept makes it difficult for many companies to approach defining it for their business. Now, we know this because we continue to see companies miss with their SaaS positioning, even ones that have grown to substantial ARR. Scenarios in which they have a product positioning problem without realizing it play out in different ways. For example, in the early stages, SaaS startups will mistake a positioning problem for a product market fit problem. They'll pivot their product or try to serve a new market, causing their sales to suffer, when the problem wasn't product market fit to begin with. It was actually poor positioning that led to challenges in communicating what they do and who they're for to their target audience. In later stages, when companies who have grown their business successfully through sales and referrals decide to begin focusing more on inbound marketing and their results are stagnant, they think there's no way that they could have gotten to where they are with a positioning problem. But when you've grown your SaaS business through outbound, you actually can have a positioning problem that reveals itself when you shift your focus to inbound. This actually happens often. And then there are cases when you'd expect you have a positioning problem, but fixing it proves challenging and you find yourselves in frustrating situations. You realize that if your positioning's off, other fundamental areas in your marketing efforts are off too. You might have tried to revamp your positioning, but there is a disagreement among your team that leads to stalling rather than taking action to change it. That's going to sound very familiar to a lot of people. And then in conversations with prospects, you'll be talking about a core feature of your product and they'll say that they didn't even know that your product did that, making it apparent that they don't fully understand what you do. Now, getting your positioning wrong leads to a whole slew of problems. Your content and messaging across your website and ads will be off. The channels where you advertise to reach new customers will perform poorly, and your cost to acquire customers will be higher. In this episode, we'll cover the questions we ask, ones you can ask your own team too, to gauge their current level of understanding of their company's positioning. Then we'll walk you through an example of how we've used our SaaS positioning canvas to clarify positioning for our client board on track. After listening to this, you should be able to work through the canvas with your team to gain clarity on your own positioning. I'm Mark Thomas. I'm the head of growth at Powered by Search. And today I'm gonna talk you through some of the best knowledge that we have on building B2B SaaS businesses. Now, if any of this is interesting to you and you want to read more, you should go to our website. It's poweredbysearch.com and check us out there. Now, before we dive into the episode today, I just want to say that we have a tool to do this SaaS positioning exercise. It's called the SaaS Positioning Canvas. And if you click in the show notes, you'll be able to see a template that you can use. It goes directly from our website. You don't need to give us your email address or anything. It's just free for you to use. It's brilliant. I've used it for all of our client work recently, and I 100% recommend you do this with your team, even if you think you've got great positioning. To uncover whether or not prospective clients of ours have positioning problems, we'll generally ask three questions. Who do you help? What problems do you solve? And how does your product work? The brevity and crispness that they use to answer these questions is a telltale sign of whether or not positioning is clear for their product. You can use these questions to diagnose how well you understand the positioning of your own SaaS product. There's a couple of things to note. When the answer to the first question, that's who do you help, is too broad, you likely have a positioning problem. And for the second question, that's what problems do you solve, 
Often people's instinct is to jump straight to describing their solution, but the key is to focus on describing the problem as clearly as possible. So something to try. Send out a form to stakeholders in different areas of your organization. Ask them to answer those three questions that we just mentioned. Those are, who do you help? What problems do you solve? And how does your product work? See if their answers match up with yours to get a sense of how clear you are with your own positioning. So now I wanna walk through an example of filling the canvas out so you can see how it works. Now positioning is often mistaken for things like a tagline, a slogan, or a unique value proposition. But these things aren't positioning. They come from or are informed by positioning. They're a function of positioning. But our belief is that good positioning is assembled, just like copy. And you can use this canvas to create the building blocks. Now, we recently filled out this canvas with our client Board on Track, who offers a school board management platform for charter schools. So we'll use their canvas as an example throughout. Now, the first thing we want to understand is, for your ideal customers, what are their fears, frustrations, wants, and aspirations? In this first step, we want the answer to the following questions. What's missing in their current process or tool set? That's question one. And the truth about SaaS products is that generally, you're providing a way to accomplish something that you could usually do in Excel or Google Docs, but in a way that is more elegant, efficient, or effective. So we answer this question through the lens of these characteristics. Now, in the case of Board on Track, we came up with things like inefficient meetings, planning, agendas, goal setting, inelegant team cohesion or performance tracking, and ineffective board governance, progress, uh, goal achievement, and student outcomes. Now, those are obviously very specific pain points to their target market, and they can easily relate to those, and they speak directly to the fears, frustrations, wants, and aspirations of charter school boards. You don't need to overcomplicate this. Simple bullets are sufficient. The next question we ask is, how much is not fixing the problem costing them? This is the cost of not fixing the problem in the present state. For charter school boards, operating without a solution to their inefficiencies, things like being stuck reacting to problems instead of preventing them and dealing with unproductive board meetings are visceral pain points that they can relate to. Bringing to light the true cost of not fixing their problem creates tension for your prospects, leading them to face the downside of their current situation. Now, when you create this tension, you leave them with two choices. Relieve the tension by taking action and investing in your solution, or ignore the problem and deal with the costs. We then ask why they can't fix it themselves. To build even further upon that tension, you can combine the cost of not fixing the problem with a relatable explanation of why it's been so hard to fix. For Board on Track, for example, it was, they're too busy fighting fires and being reactive. They've tried resolving this by meeting and setting goals, but that hasn't worked and it still feels like nothing is achieved from collaborating the way they do currently. Now together, those three questions help you be specific and define the deep desires of your prospects that will help you communicate with them in a way that resonates. Step two in our canvas is the promise. Now for step two, you'll go to your top five competitors homepage and you'll look at what taglines and value propositions they're putting out there. Write them down, and then you'll try to describe your promise in ultra layman's terms. For Board on Track, the promise that we came up with was, buy our easy-to-use, fast and reliable platform, and you will find your board meetings become more productive and effective and transparent. Now notice that this is another instance where you don't need to overcomplicate things. 
it's sufficient to simply choose what you think are the most compelling characteristics of your product, easy, fast, relatable, for example, and connect them to the main benefits, become more productive, effective, and transparent. Step three is the premise. Here, we're trying to answer what is a commonly held belief that your prospects have that doesn't need to be proven or reinforced. I also phrase this as, if you were trying to make friends at a party of your target customer, what's the joke that you would tell to enter a conversation in a way that makes everyone laugh? The function of this question is to take in consideration that humans are skeptical, and usually prospects will view your claims with a dose of skepticism. So why not make a claim that they already commonly accept or believe? For Board on Track, the premise was most of these software platforms are expensive and take too long to see results from. We don't need more software. We need better people on our board. For them, they agreed that this statement is one that many of their customers could nod their heads along to. And premises like this can be used to create a bond with your prospects. Step four in the canvas is called difference chunking. It really asks, how does your company get results differently than anybody else? Now, it's not meant to be a slick thing. It's usually a process of talking to product owners and engineers to say, how do you do it differently? Now, we're looking for differences that are rooted in fact. And we use the following guiding questions. In what ways do you strategize differently than your competitors? How does the structure of your business relate to how effective your product is? How do your systems allow you to create a better product or service that delivers on the promise being made to the customer? What values do you share with your customers and how do they affect how you deliver your product? And how does your unique style of delivering your products or solutions affect the customer experience in reaching their aha moment? For Board on Track, we came up with the following. We combine platform coaching and community to create a board that's well-structured, staffed and trained, that's strategy. We combine a proven software platform with an in-app virtual coach for your board, plus a helpful community to help you reach your goals faster, that's structure. Our built-in board and CEO evaluation tools, goal-setting dashboard, three-year recruiting roadmap, intuitive meeting management, and all-in-one document storage help you to be a better board. And shared values, we focus on progress, not personalities. Now, it may be that you don't differentiate in every one of those ways. That's okay. Just choose the ones that are most applicable to you and explain them. Identifying your brand and product differentiators in this way is a key element of positioning yourselves in a competitive market. Step five is about market intimacy or what mistakes have you helped your customers mitigate or what is your product helped them achieve that has resulted in increased speed, certainty or insight. Now for the first question, if you can point out the common mistakes that customers make before using your product, it shows that you have expertise or authority in your niche. And for the second question, the desire for speed, certainty, and insight are typically the primary reasons why companies invest in a new product. So showing results that can speak to these can elevate your market positioning. Now with Board on Track, we came up with boards operate based on opinions instead of performance data. Boards don't know who they need to hire for the next two fiscal years. Tasks are assigned without a clear, direct, responsible trustee. Starting meetings without a process, hiring board members without a three-year vision, the board didn't have the right committees in place, and there's no structure in place to evaluate the CEO. Once you've created this list, the next step, bada bing, bada boom, create your positioning statement. Now in step six, we seek to answer, or complete rather, 
That's why we. Using that list as a bridge, you can move into writing your positioning statement to answer, that's why we. Now in the case of Board on Track, it was created the board savvy method. It's the three point system to build a better board by combining a platform, coaching and community so that you can have more productive board meetings and hit your goals faster. Your positioning statement doesn't need to be longer than two to three sentences. Your goal is to use the prior building blocks to sum up what you do and how you're different in a concise way. One thing to note here, a common mistake that companies make when they're taking part in defining a positioning statement is to think that it's copywriting. In fact, nobody will ever see this statement publicly. They don't need to. What's important is that you all agree on the positioning itself. It doesn't matter if there are disputes over this particular words that you're using to describe your positioning. That's really not the goal here. The goal is to give you a foundational idea to build your messaging off, to work out what you need to target in PPC or SEO. That's the goal here. So don't get hung up on copywriting. Finally, you describe the cost of doing nothing or the alternative. This step is similar to the cost of not fixing their problem that you actually listed in step one. The difference is if the cost of not fixing their problem relates to the present state, the cost of doing nothing is the current cost compounded by the number of months or years into the future that they don't solve their problem. Board on Track brings it home with falling short of your board's vision and mission to impact the advancement of the students they serve. Now for charter school boards, who are typically very passionate about serving students, facing the cost of limiting their impact on student advancement is the type of message that can move prospects forward towards investing in a solution. So let's bring this all together. Once you've completed the entire canvas, you're left with a concise document that any member of your organization can reference at any time, allowing everyone to be clear on what makes you, you. The next step, of course, is to integrate your canvas into marketing and sales activities to better communicate with customers and separate yourselves from the competition. I'll see you next time. Now, if you enjoyed that today and you want to do something about your B2B SaaS marketing, you should get in touch with us. You can do that by going to poweredbysearch.com and checking out our assessment page or you can browse the case studies and blogs that we have on the site. Now, if you're not ready to do that, definitely say hi anyway. You can ping me on Twitter. I'm at I am Mark Thomas, that's Mark with a C. Or you can ping our founder and CEO, Dev Basu, and connect with us there. Looking forward to seeing you again for another episode.